Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. This field report is coming to you from uh, Ottawa Valley in Canada. Uh, That's where we finished out the week. But I did start the week down in Blue Mound area uh, and got up in an airplane with the Nolan Group. Dennis flew me around uh, to see what things look like in the Blue Mound area. Uh, Some different views definitely there from compared to the El Paso flight we had earlier. Very, very little preventive plant, as in preventive plant fields that we saw. There were many spots, though, that were not planted. So a lot of guys just planted whatever they could in the field and moved on. So there's uh, there's ponds and, and side hills and stuff like that that never got planted the first time or replanted. And then we did see a uh, considerable amount of patching in the guys that did get back uh, into those fields. Um, like uh, El Paso area, a lot of nitrogen deficiency showing up in some of these fields. You can tell them they're uh, really light and colored all the way to the top. Dennis did fly me over the uh, path of the F1 tornado that they had last week. Uh, that was kind of neat to, to see from the air as far as what it did to the crops and buildings. I'm sure not very neat for the people who experienced it, but to see the path of how it kind of zigzagged across the country, something that you don't see every day. We did ID from the air a field that had some brown and scalding leaves enough that you know to tell us that something was going wrong with that field compared to other fields. When we got on the ground, we went out in there, and it showed classic signs of the Gosseswilt symptoms. We did pull some leaves out of there and test them, and they did come back from positive for Gosseswilt. Pretty sure that uh, that it is Gosseswilt, but no aphids. Um, there was beans last year. Um, no history of Gosses in the field. I'm not sure how it got there. There was some evidence of Japanese beetle feeding earlier before it got sprayed, so maybe that was the vector that brought the bacteria into the field, but it's kind of unknown how it got there. So, you know, scouts, as you're looking at your drone pictures or you're looking at aerial image, be on the lookout for color changes in the field. Uh, get out there and identify what might be driving it. I know there's nothing we can do with these Gosses wilt fields that are popping up, but it's something that we need to have recorded so we know how to choose our hybrids going forward, especially for you guys that are uh, in the no-till, a minimum till situation where this corn residue is going to be around for a bit. Now, the Blue Mound area did receive substantial rain, close to three inches plus, so that's going to put them in good shape, especially in these soybeans as far as we need some fill on there. But we still found uh, May corn having pollination issues. So again, don't be forgetting to check all your May corn. Some of it could surprise you. Very few aphids in the field. So, but the other thing that when we visited these fields, we for the first time saw considerable numbers of what we call the aphid predators, the lady beetle, lady beetle larvae and stuff. So I was beginning to wonder if we were ever going to see them or if they're ever going to show up, but they, they were in that area. Now, we moved to fields in the Clinton area, uh, who too received some really good uh, amounts of rain to help us, especially in the soybeans. And the yields are checking strong in that area. But the aphids continue to be an issue, especially in the June corn. And there we didn't see the predators uh, in those fields. Got into some fields uh, north of Melvin. Uh, and this area continues to probably be our drier area up in there. Um, and, and here the dry weather has already damaged the crop. Uh, again, some pollination issues up there as well as some aphids. The good news is we got rained out of our farm visit. So... 
um, maybe that'll help to push these uh, bean yields along in the area itself but uh, they need to continue to get more rain so hopefully we got the pump prime for that we continue to deal with high aphid pressures in this june corn so pest teams uh, step up your scouting to a two-day interval on the june corn Growers are kind of dumbfounded at how small amounts of aphids can turn into a blowout in four or five days. Well, it's, it's not the small amount of aphids in the field that does it. It's the large amount of aphids that are coming into that field on the hour. One of our growers got a picture from the pilot who was spraying his field uh, of what his windshield looked like from inside on the cockpit. Uh, and, and I'll have Zach put that picture up. And you'll see uh, the windshield is just covered with the slime. These aphids are, are plastering the windshield as he's spraying the field. These are winged aphids on the move coming into and moving around in the field. Um, you talk to other pilots and they're saying the same thing. They're having to clean their windshields uh, after every load of spraying. This picture is kind of cool. But obviously, if you look at it, you can tell that he was spraying the field when he took the picture. So um, I don't know how he did that hands-free in an airplane at 200 miles an hour, but it's kind of a cool picture. A couple of growers uh, said they found aphids in one variety in the field, but not the others. Uh, the others are clean. And wondering if we spray only the infected aphids, will they just move over into the varieties that aren't infected? <clears throat> the answer is no. Uh, most of the aphids that you see in the cornfield are non-winged aphids. They're the ones that are left behind by the winged aphids. So you'll get those killed when you spray. And remember, the winged aphids are picking these varieties by taste or sugar load. So there's a pretty good chance that they're not going to bother those other hybrids in the field if they're not there yet. So I would spray your infected ones, and then I would continue to, to scout the rest of them to make sure the aphids don't show up in there. We did travel then up to uh, Canada. Uh, and did that on Tuesday night and Wednesday, and we went up kind of kitty corner across Michigan. Uh, going through Michigan, I saw a lot more preventive plant than I guess I was expecting to see. Uh, maybe it's all on the route that I took. We did cross over into Canada there at uh, Port Huron and traveled to Winchester across the 401. It, up in Canada, similar to the States, a lot of uneven corn, a lot of short beans, but I saw almost no preventive planting, so everything looks like it got planted. We went over to Winchester to speak at a field day for, uh, at the Great Ontario Yield Tour for Farms.com. And it's about straight north of the New York-Vermont state line as far as the perspective where it's at. There we saw a lot of corn and white blister. That white blister that would make an Illinois farmer nervous, but uh, this was in Canada. Beans are in that R5 stage. This area was up against a lack of water. It needed some uh, and some water here to, to get finished as well as time. The crop tour re yield reports were impressive. They're in that 160, 165 range. But uh, again, uh, too far to go to, to make it to the end, meaning that a lot of that corn was 45, 50 days out. And uh, that's probably going to be a challenge for them. So today we're in the Ottawa Valley with Gene and Paul Sullivan and their customers. And we've been in a number of fields today and... Uh, I guess sitting here with Paul and, and thinking back on the day, I saw, I guess, a lot of corn today that's needing two things pretty bad. One is water uh, and the other is time because it looked like a lot of corn is in that 40, maybe 50 day out from black layer, uh, similar to what we're dealing with in a lot of fields in the, in the States. Um, give me a, 
uh, feel, Paul, what you think the uh, the yield perspectives are up here for your customers and, and what's put us in that shape? Well, we've had a, a crop that's moved along pretty well, and, and now we're sitting without a whole lot of moisture in the last uh, two to three weeks that we've really needed to uh, keep this crop uh, moving ahead. We're probably sitting at half the amount of moisture we normally have in in uh, July and into August. Uh, it's uh, It went in, uh, about 20% of our corn went in at normal time, and the balance of it went in the 22nd to the 30th of May, a bit into June. So it's sitting right now, we're, we're probably 10 days behind normal. It's uh, struggling a bit right now without the moisture and needing the, the time to to kind of make itself going ahead into uh, into the fall. We saw a lot of corn today at white blister to early roastinier stage, which, um, again, we would say that's 45, 50 days out uh, to, to make black layer. When, when would you um, anticipate a normal frost up here for these guys that, uh, you know, are we going to, I'd be nervous about this corn if it was in Illinois, being here in Canada, you know, thinking, is this stuff going to make it in your opinion? Well, um, when when we get into a year like this, uh, we we have a portion of corn that never does black layer. We we say it brown layers, and we have a lot of corn that makes to, to uh, maybe two thirds milk line down. And I expect we're going to have uh, likely at least half our corn that gets to that stage before we get get a killing frost. Like fifty uh, percent of the time, we're getting killing frost by the first of October. So that uh it sets us that that's not uh if you do the math we're we're going to have a bunch of corn that just is not going to to go to black layers so we're anticipating that we'll have uh some impact on yield but more an impact on quality of the corn the lower bushel weight uh corn that doesn't handle as well and as such uh it's uh it's it's just going to be a more challenging harvest where we sit right now so that's interesting it, it... Some of these guys are just shooting more for brown layer than there would be black layer where, um, you know, we think about uh, not making black layer would be kind of a disaster in, in quality and handling and stuff like that. But up here, it's going to be uh, more the norm. If you're planting late, you kind of anticipate that that's where you're going to end up. It, it is. Uh, and, and when we have a year like this at, at one point in time, the uh, quality in corn was uh, was was what everybody was striving for. As we've got uh, uh, into expecting higher yields and pushing maturities and things along that lines, um, we we've given up some of that interest in in higher quality and and higher higher bushel weights. Uh, so it's a bit of a trade off uh, this year with delayed planting. Um, we did have a shift down to maturity, much like your area. We shifted down probably 10, 12 uh, uh, relative maturity points and that kind of thing. Uh, from normally we're at 95 day corn, a lot of this later corn went in at 85 days, 85 days to 80 to 85 days. But uh, <clears throat> some of this corn, it uh, it's 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 maybe slowed down a bit now with the weather conditions and 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 some of the root systems that are set up on this that uh, just is uh, <clears throat> is not as as uh, resilient as as we'd like to have them. 
kind of like everywhere else if we if we can keep this thing uh in good shape till the end of october and bring up some moisture we could really change the the, the outcome and i think that's pretty much what we're seeing in the states too we've got a long way to go but if we could have a 2017 finish we'd probably um be surprised at what we could pull out of this yeah we, we remain optimistic that um we we've had um mother nature cooperate after after a challenging spring to date <clears throat> throwing a bit of a curve at us right now uh but um we're anticipating we're going to be we're going to be into the first of october before we do get that uh, killer of frost um many times we'll get a light frost that just takes off the leaves and we still get some finish on that corn and uh um at, at this point in time we're not expecting anything any different that uh we'll we'll get a lot of this corn uh to a fairly significant uh, maturity stage and and then we'll deal with it uh accordingly through uh through through the harvest time period we had a great bunch of guys with us today i, I would say uh pretty upbeat and realistically optimistic uh i guess we could say that uh, most of them knew what was ahead of them and and that still wasn't getting them down so uh, i think you got a good bunch of guys that you're working with here paul a great opportunity to to have you share uh your insight and perspective on uh corn production and and uh we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come visit us and and share uh share your information uh in uh in the ottawa valley today hopefully you'll call me back in the fall and say man this corn showed up from nowhere so thanks for having us today to stay up to date check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast boots in the field report keep her safe keep her moving